Destroy All Clickbait, the podcast that through the miracle of editing is <laughs> listenable. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? Destroy All Clickbait. Destroy All Clickbait. 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 What's up, my cats and kittens? Thanks for swinging by the Sugar Shack on this groovy Tuesday for another happening episode of Destroy All Clickbait, the show with the flow, the podcast with pizzazz, and the online content that brings you hardline contentment. I'm Avi the Hip Chick, this is Swingin' Ing, and over there is the square, Adam. (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) And Adam's lost his privileges to write the intros. Oh, dang, I thought I could get away with uh, not taking credit for that one. That was all part of the plan. You honestly think that I'm clever enough to write something like that? Yes. No. (laughs) I have, honestly, I have not yet experienced uh, your... Your writing, so I don't know. I don't think I've that's ever because written. I don't write. I avoid <laughs> writing whenever possible. <laughs> well, that would explain it. Then, yes. Yep. Very straightforward. Yeah. Anyway, right. we had um, so yes, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks, and we actually didn't have a mm. ton of clickbait last time, but we have lots today. So. Um, well, last week we also had you know election night jitters. Yeah. So election night there jitters. was that. Yeah. Well, that's all over. That, was the... that election night one, it or was. was that a week prior? It was. That yeah. was Dear that God, was last... what? I know. It, last been one week was week. election night. Year so long. <laughs> last week, <laughs> last week felt like five years. Somebody just somebody put on Tumblr a perspective that the Tide Pod controversy. Yep. Yeah. Was January of this year. Yeah. That feels like a thing from two years ago. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Ja- that was January of this year. Black Panther came out in February. Infinity yeah. War was May. Uh-huh. The hell? <laughs> this is also why I probably... Well, I was very confused and presumed that The Good Place was, like, on season six. No, <laughs> just season three. Just on three. <laughs> Uh, but to be fair, it is more. It's better for we- years to go by slowly than they are. It is for them to go by like so quickly that you're like, "Oops, I'm dead." You know what I mean? No. <laughs> well, no, because one, if that were the case, yay, I'm dead. But <laughs> oh, also, on, I man, wouldn't be on. so fucking tired all the time. Uh-huh. Like, like I feel like the year had a normal pace until about August, and then that's when it slowed down. I feel that's like what it January like it took forever. <laughs> All right, so where are we starting off with? Are we starting superheroes. with millennials? Superheroes? Okay, let's yeah. start with superheroes. Because we, we got two for two superheroes. Yes. Yeah. And how they're bad influences on everybody. Mostly kids. Yes. So there was a Guardian article by a woman yeah. uh, writing about how she's worried about how her child is into superheroes because she thinks they're bad role models for her what, five-year-old child at this point? Something like that. Um, yeah. And it's very much... Um, <laughs> it's very much the writing of someone who doesn't really know superheroes very well. 
I am trying to scan through the first two paragraphs of it, and this is the most fucking crazy bulls what the hell writing I've ever seen. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, this these are the the second. Okay, so this is the first paragraph. I will just read it out loud. I shouldn't be surprised, really, because I gave him a hero's name. Names are kind of a parental prayer, and I wanted to him to be kind and strong. So I gave him a king's name, which I'm keeping to myself. Not George. Something better and more optimistic, because none of the Georges were as happy. And not Henry, which preens too much and hoped for the best. Uh-huh. The Fuck. <laughs> well, that makes slightly more sense if you're British, I think. Uh, she's talking about the kings of England, I believe. That's um, what it seems like, because those are the only kings that ever existed in history. Well, I mean, you know, it's a British article, but she's. But <laughs> I, I don't understand what makes William a heroic name. That's the part I'm confused about. Also, can I point out there that she says that she's not going to say what name it does, and then slips that it's William. Yeah. Two paragraphs yeah. down there. It's like, good job, editors. Uh, uh-huh. Thanks for catching that. And and Yoda says it's very clearly King Herod. Yeah. <laughs> and thus was born my firstborn son, my scion, Kublai Khan. Yes. My son Caligula didn't turn out so well. I don't know why. I mean, anyway. there. I mean, granted, if we're, we're talking about superheroes, there is a celebrity who named his first son Kal-El because why not? <laughs> yes, yes, that, and that would be Nicholas. I don't Cage. remember Nicholas Cage. It's yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yes, is it Nicholas Cage? I yes, don't remember he, who it was. Nicholas Cage is a huge nerd for comic books. Yes, uh, that's why he okay. he even took the name Nicholas Cage from Luke Cage yeah. because his real name is Nicholas. Oh, Coppola. that I knew. Yes, yes. that's right. <laughs> And uh, he got to play Superman finally in Teen Titans Go, which I haven't seen yet. But anyway, um, but yes. Okay, but is... hold on. I just the second paragraph. I'm trying to just decode it. I hope for other things too. Based on my ideal, it can only be an ideal. I was brought up with a sister of what a happy boy should be. It is vaguely pre-war. This ideal, an urchin with a conquer in his pocket. The and inspired, and inspired what made by what made me happy as a child, which was being dirty and outdoors, reading books, and daydreaming about access to an unlimited amounts of animal fat. <laughs> Are you <Okay>. a werewolf? <laughs> that almost sounded like unlimited access to animals. Sure, unlimited access to fat. I get it. They're talking about, but when you make it animal fat. That somehow makes I... it now, extra if, if weird. Now, if it was unlimited amounts of sugar or candy, or yeah. since we're British, treacle, <laughs> this would yeah. this okay. would make sense. But animal fat, it's like, it, it, this just makes me imagine kind of like the children from The Brood, but like they're breaking into pl- to a waffle house to steal the bacon fat from the fryer. Yeah, I was going to say, are those British kids grow up like literally eating lard? Yes. Like... Like not cooking with lard, but literally eating lard. You can have Is a your... British lolly just like a congealed slab of fat that they stuck a stick in and give it to you? Here you, oh, here you go, Dad Youngin. Now there you go. Why you suck on this for a wee bit? Why don't you know? 
Now, like and here's a conker for your pocket! Like, like, Americans will deep fry just about anything just uh -huh. to see how things taste deep now, fried. Densely. But, like, yeah. but yeah. like, if the British do legitimately have a thing of just eating large they straight They do, um, and they're pretty... Uh, I say this as a guy whose family is from England. Uh, there's some pretty, uh, some pretty heavy lard in their cuisine at times. Okay, so, I'm sorry. This is apparently something I missed, that the British consider a good snack basically what we put out for bird feeders <laughs> which is just a lump of suet with some nuts in it yeah well there you go <laughs> that's uh but anyway that kind of uh my mindset is what uh, leads to articles like this apparently because uh it's it should be noted she has a husband who won't admit to liking any film made after 1950 I missed that particular point in the article, but sure. Yeah, from a curse, from a cursory glance at her, unless her husband is significantly older, he was not born mm. at a time when, apparently, by his estimate, there were good movies. Then, at one point, um, she talks about a Peter Biskind book. This is sort of a few paragraphs down, uh, uh -huh. which says. Um, the superhero craze, I stopped short of, she says she doesn't agree with it, but she kind of is muscling up to it, which is, uh, I stopped short of believing that the superhero craze helped create political extremism, as Peter Biskind suggests in his recent book, The Sky is Falling, How Vampires, Zombies, Androids, and Superheroes Made America Great for Extremism, which... Extremism. Oh, yeah. ext <laughs> right, extremism. I'm bad at pronouncing things. Um... <laughs> That's fine. Rather, the same culture that likes vampires, zombies, androids, and superheroes also likes extremism because it doesn't like people as, as they really are so much. And I, I mean, that is just such a leap. I can't even. There's so many things wrong with that. And again, she's saying she doesn't 100% agree with it, but she clearly kind of agrees with it. I'm not sure why. After that, there's the example of Magneto destroying uh, the concentration camp with his powers it's like yeah i mean that's put afterwards as an example is that taken to be a bad example of extremism it's like because not, if anything yeah. given that this also, is a jewish writer i think she would have picked up the fact that this is meant to be a sympathetic element to magneto's right. although yeah i was gonna extremism. say like 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 that's a weird thing to 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 reference knowing that not only is obviously the character jewish but he was written created by jewish authors so i, well, and, I and... don't understand that use of an example like if you wanted to actually use a superhero example of extremism the nolan mm -hmm. batman ones work yeah. Because yeah. they even highlight the idea of Batman as an extremist. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the, she does talk about that a little later. I'm baffled by, she keeps going back to superheroes like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Magneto. It's like, wait a minute, Magneto's a villain, for starters. Like, you keep mentioning Magneto like he's a hero. Now, that said, I can understand he's probably the most sympathetic supervillain that is out there. And he does, you know, kill Nazis and stuff. Uh, so, you know, that there's that. But in this case, it seems like she's talking about extremism, and then she puts, like, oh, and then Nazi stuff is in one of the movies. And it's the most lazy kind of thing, because they sort of put two things next to each other, and you're supposed to associate them. But she yeah. didn't make a connection between those two things at all. Like, it, it's... It takes place at Auschwitz and also extremism. It's like, so he's smashing the Nazis, which is something superheroes have repeatedly done throughout their existence. 
So where are you getting this from? It's very lazy dot connecting the dots here. And also, she also, well, I mean, she goes on about Superman and how Superman is the first, the best, the kindest, because the rest are always broken. And it's just kind of like, yes, yeah. because that's why those characters are believable. It doesn't, <laughs> well, but you know what? It doesn't. Not that Superman like... isn't believable, but it's like there's a reason why those characters well, but, are the way they are. But she talks about <laughs> Captain America and it's like Captain America is not broken in the way you're talking about. He is. Mm -hmm. And he, she, her only real mention of Captain America that I could see in the article was him, go, her going, well, he leaves all the bad parts out about America. He's just, it's like, so that's someone who's never read a Captain America comic or even really seen the movies then, uh, no. because that is specifically what Captain America is about. It's about how like, the ideal of America does not live up to the ideal that he represents, basically. Right. I mean, forever, for what it's worth, however you feel about the actual plot point is however you feel about the actual plot point. But the point of Winter Soldier is that he discovers right. that the country he's he fought for turns out, oh hey, they're actually being they're actually being puppeted in disguise. Right. So. Like, and that just sends him off on another tangent, which is the whole point of his character. Yeah. Okay, but this person also, I would say, seems confused by the concept that actors and characters are separate <laughs> things. But I'm actually going to be meaner and say that they're deliberately obfuscating that as um, part of their uh, poor faith rhetoric because they mm -hmm. make a big deal that Batman, the quote-unquote BDSM-style superhero whose okay. best portrayal on screen is also the guy who played Patrick Bateman with a literal exclamation point. Yeah. And then she goes on to, to like, smugly do refer to the character as Batman slash Bateman. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, oh, I put this bad thing next to this other thing, so that other thing must be bad too, right? I made a also, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon connection. Also, I can say by expertise that Batman is not the BDSM-style superhero. <laughs> no. Not by a long shot. Who, or is even the most one there. Um, Who is goes, the BDSM superheroing? I, I, let's get back to that. Um, <laughs> but it goes on that their big problem, the heroes are bad role models, that they are either unexceptional men made exceptional by tragedy, Batman, Iron Man, Hulk, and Magneto, or by the application of powers, Batman, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, and the X-Men... He is usually narcissistic, but it just says Iron Man is often depressive or frozen in ice. Okay, so a few <laughs> things there. But anti-intellectualism is essential. None of the superheroes seem to read book except Professor X of X-Men. Okay, now, so let's... That one is just... So there's a few things with this. One, why did you even include the frozen in ice example, which is just Captain America... And isn't a moral failing. Yeah, so many yeah. of them are bitten by radioactive Two. spiders. <laughs> Two. The unexceptional man made exceptional by tragedy. I mean, I don't know what... I don't even know what to say for it except just to make, like, a jack-off hand gesture with that. Yeah. <laughs> but why for the 
application of powers do they list Batman who doesn't have powers? Right. Well, his power is I... is, is is white privilege, but And uh... why do they keep <laughs> listing Magneto as a hero? That is because, really weird. Well, she wouldn't know this, but technically Magneto is currently part of the X Men, I think. Right. Okay. Well... No. But, but she wouldn't know this. <laughs> like, not, if she was watching I, the movie, she wouldn't know this. <laughs> yeah, I presume they're talking about the movies of which Magneto is always the antagonist. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll give I'll yeah. give her a pass on that. She repeatedly mentions that she's Jewish, and Magneto's a guy who kills Nazis and is against fascism, and has always been portrayed heavily sympathetically to the point where people yeah. wear Magneto's rights to... So I'll give her a pass on that one. That's, you know, fair enough. But it does smack of... With everything else in the article, that she just doesn't know what she's talking about, basically. No, she 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 really doesn't know what she's yeah. talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. There is a quote that just made my fucking head explode. I am bringing him, my son, up as Jewish, but that has no Lego set or pajamas and no superhero. Oh my Jesus! god! <laughs> I think it does. <sighs> no, no, no. The superhero genre is like the most. Jewish American contribution to American literature. Yeah. Like thing. She she acknowledges that later too. But she's saying How can you Like I, I understand that there's no superhero who like literally has a star of David on his chest and is incredibly yeah. Jewish in that. Well sense. there's there's Ben but Grimm. Every, ben Grimm but is almost... Jewish. There's yeah, Kitty but, Pride oh, literally always wears a Star of David. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. Kitty Pride as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like nearly every single popular ragman, nearly every single popular <laughs> <laughs> of superhero character you can think of was written by somebody Jewish. Nearly right. every single one, and the yeah. ones that aren't Jewish pretty much all say, "Yeah, the the Jewish people basically invented this genre. We should give them credit for it." Right. So, that's yeah, really well, she, weird. she knows that. She mentions it in the article. She said, yeah. so she's clearly aware yeah, of this. And so I guess she's saying Cranon, yeah, she wants a Jewish even... superhero. But again, there are Jewish superheroes. Ben Grimm is Jewish. That would be the mm-hmm. big one for a lot of people. Kenny Pride is Jewish. That's another big one. Again, I guess Magneto, that's why she since Magneto. we keep listing him. Going back to what you just said, yeah, so there's a paragraph later, she goes, Superman came in 1938, a response to the Great Depression, Batman 39, with the beginnings of the Second World War, okay, fine, whatever, that the superhero canon was created almost entirely by Jewish immigrants, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Bob Bob Kane and Bill Finger, is more a matter for psychologists than hacks, but I suspect they just wanted to be taller and to smash things, like my son. Like, you just said it was created by Jews on the... the, eve of the world war ii and you don't think there might have been another psychological element to that that you're not acknowledging with that you're just going oh they just want to be taller and smash things like come on i'm sorry this whole article really doesn't have a point because then it then she also talks about despite this being labeled as superheroes being bad role models she then compares them i'm choosing to believe favorably to religion and saying that they protect the kid both from the fears he has his childhood and from parents by offering an escapism. But yeah, it, it really does come down to if I put two things together, maybe people will associate them and that will make my argument for me. He also mentions Kanye talking about uh, comparing the, the Superman the, the, hat. The, the MAGA to the, hat, yeah. To the MAGA hat. And again, it's yeah. like, that's a 
very spurious connection, but you're, we're supposed to go, hey, you're right. Superheroes made Kanye like Trump, clearly. Like, that makes sense, obviously. Uh, yeah, like No, that whole paragraph should have just been ousted. This is also, yeah. also, since it was brought up for Jewish Lego set, I have found out there is an entire community dedicated <laughs> to making custom Lego Jewish sets called uh-huh. J-Brick. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Noise. Including what looks to be a very good bar mitzvah set. Mm-hmm. A v- actually, a very impressive looking temple set. Yeah, okay. there's some good stuff there. <laughs> Yo, I'll look at that later. Yeah. My wife teaches like expository writing mm-hmm. and introduction to writing and remedial writing sort of things. The sort of stuff that is basic. This is how you write. And teaching people to, when you write, have a thought and have a point. If this was turned into her class, she would likely fail this. <laughs> yeah. Because I can imagine... it doesn't yeah. have a fucking point or mm. a no. thought. Yeah. No. It's well, the... filling space. It's mm-hmm. long and rambly for mm-hmm. no reason. And this is a recurring like... problem with newspaper pundits, is that they get that real estate and you get a you like apparently you're dislodgeable once you get that and you can just ramble on about whatever you feel like just rambling on. Bed yourself in like a tick. Apparently. Like like the only way this could possibly be okay possibly mm-hmm. is if this was originally a blog post right. that got no, submitted. No, no, even as not... a blog post I would leave a comment saying yeah. please have a point. Oh next yeah, time. yeah, certainly. But like like, at least with a blog post, I can understand why it's a random stream of consciousness that just meanders everywhere. <laughs> but, hey, I feel like we're also being a little bit too mean. At the end, this is a mother concerned about the role models and what sort of ethics are being modeled for her children. Let's click through and see uh, what other article she's written. Bring back Kevin Spacey. Uh... Yeah. Yep. If Kevin Spacey is not tried and therefore not convicted, he should return to acting, says Tanya Gold. Okay, yep. Anyway. So the other, let's look at the other uh, superhero-related article that we have here. <sighs> yes. So this one is specifically a study done, new research being presented at American Academy of Pediatrics, 2018, National Conference and Exhibition Finds, violent acts by protagonists in popular film genre significantly outnumber those by quote-unquote bad guys. <laughs> Basically, yeah, the superheroes beat shit up more than the evildoers do, and that's, I kind of feel like, yeah, that's sort of the point. Well, that's, <laughs> that's surely that's just because they are on screen more often than the bad guys, right? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, and like They're... I said, off, off, when we weren't recording, it's also like, majority of villains are meant to, as we said before, represent things like Nazism and fascism, and that's not always necessarily violent things. It's also like mental Whoa. manipulations and things like that. Yeah, and as Spear Havoc says, bad guys have henchmen. <laughs> right. And also, it's pointed out, so here's a good question. Mm-hmm. Hydra, yeah, let's go to the second Captain America movie. Hydra okay. plans to use a doomsday weapon to target people that their algorithm has calculated would be dissenters to fascist rule in America. Right. And they are going to kill hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Captain America stops them from doing that. Now, does Captain America blowing up those helicarriers that are aiming guns at literally hundreds of 
hundreds, if not thousands of people, that counts as an act of violence. Right. Does the fact that they were aiming those weapons at people but did not get the chance to fire them count as an act of violence. Yes, exactly. That is exactly the point. You know what's funny about that? You can now uh, translate that exact discussion onto the current discussions we're having in real life about like Mm -hmm. Antifa and things like that. (laughs) Where you go, oh, they're violent. It's like, yeah, are they violent or are they preventing actual violence from occurring even though they hadn't managed to do anything at that point because they were prevented from doing it and that's the the nature of super villainy is i've got an evil plan and it's chugging away in the background until it's about to come to fruition in the final reel and that's when the hero stops me but up until that point uh i maybe haven't done anything actively violent because i'm I'm readying things for my evil plan. So, you know, it is a little... Now, of course, this is a study of pediatrics, so I, I, I'm going to assume that uh, it's tied into, like, how does it, the behavior affect children, basically. Um, right. And the kids are just going to see the punching, you know, they're not maybe going to understand the big, ominous, evil Well, plan. that's also, let's stop there, because it's a consistent thing that they are underestimating children. Children yeah. do, in general, understand the context to it at, let's say, a relatively early age. It's a whole thing in development, but there's a reason why Don Bluth movies are understood by children. Hmm. Okay, so this study categorized the violent acts as fighting, mm-hmm. lethal weapon use, destruction right. of property, murder, and bullying slash intimidation slash torture. Yep. And here's the thing, that those are different degrees of it, mm-hmm. but yeah. a different degrees of violent actions, but then they all rolled them up into one pool right. mm-hmm. and then divided them by time to get a frequency thing. And I do not think that's actually entirely honest. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. Nor it really isn't. is the idea of a lot of these can be subjective for bullying, intimidation, right. torture. One, putting in bullying, intimidation, and torture into the same thing feels like a huge systematic error. Right. Yeah. Because would this count, say, Spider-Man being mean to people attempting to rob an right. ATM machine? Would that be tor- bullying? And is that counted as the same moral weight Mm-hmm. As Hydra torturing Bucky, right? According yeah. to the study, it would be yeah. right, <laughs> and I I do agree with you. I think kids can absolutely tell you the know the good guys and the bad situations. guys, yeah. and and what's you know sort of intimidating and what's bad and what's good and like I I, I as you say, I don't think Spider Man making a snarky comment to a bad guy is going to have some kind of negative weight to it. Or for destruction of property there, do we list Right um say I don't know, let's say Magneto destroying a bunch of stuff when he attacks the Capitol building in one of the X Men, do we count that as the same weight as him destroying the bars of Auschwitz? Right. Because they're both destruction of property, and how this study is seemingly made, they would count those as morally equal acts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Using the big doomsday device to blow up a building is exactly as naughty as blowing up that doomsday device to save the building. Mm. Yeah. We're into some robot Santa Claus from Futurama thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> Beating up people for protection money. Guilty. Failing to pay protection money. Exactly as guilty. Oh, right. Looking at what the abstract was apparently supposed to study, the fact that we don't get anything about gender says a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, there's one little paragraph that's about gender. Uh, researchers found the film showed male characters in nearly five times as many violent acts than female characters who were engaged in an average of seven violent acts per hour. Yeah, it seems to go in cycles that people become, I guess, moral scolds about it, or really hyper-concerned about the violence there, and that this was actually what was pushed back against when we had the first criticism of PC culture. Yeah. And that it was people like Hillary Clinton or Tipper Gore being afraid about violence in video games, or violence in media, or violence in rap albums. Right. And wanting to use stuff like this to crack down on it, despite the fact that this is kind of a pointless thing. And it's been pointed, apparently we have to point it out time and time again that it's no different from any other story that have been told to children for time in memoriam. Right. Pretty much. Like, not all violence is necessarily punching a person. There, right. There's other types yeah. of violence that and one person can enact on another person. And there's injustice that isn't actively violent, but mm. can require you to, uh, you know, to fight that injustice. You know, and, the, the Lex, and... Lex Luthor never punched anyone. Superman punches lots of people. So Lex Luthor must be better than Superman, right? You know, it's that logic. Yeah, so. exactly. They even mention in here that, hey, you parents should be watching these movies with their kids and talking about what it means to be violent and what are the consequences of violence. Like, like there's a paragraph that says it. So it's just reiterating the same things that have been said over and over again, is that parents need to be parental with their children. I'm I sorry, mean... I just... Uh, a friend, Vampricchiota, pointed out that the article should not have counted Man of Steel. That was an outlier and greatly skewed things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's not That's get into that. That's what the military argument. budget is for, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's not get into Man of Steel argument, because we'll be here all night. Instead, let's move on to something else. Uh, another clickbait article that we have. Oh, the the pet food article. Yeah. Millennials are treating pets like their firstborn child, and it's reportedly causing problems for some of the best-known pet food brands that, you know, want to feed your, your dogs and cats sawdust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I mean... God, if, if... God forbid you, you give Fluffy something nutritious. That's... Yeah, well, that... that... <laughs> Isn't this good for pet food companies? Can't they charge more and make fancier pet food? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the point. It's saying many of the... That this has led to a flurry of new brands entering the market. Which many are more these, expensive. <laughs> and are selling premium food and human-grade snacks. What, it wasn't human-grade before? <laughs> no! No, kind of. That's, yeah. Delicious no. pet food. Many, yep. many millennials, and it's all about millennials, of course. The article's all it's about... It's always about millennials. Millennials are waiting long to get married, buy a house, or have children, and they're instead choosing to become pet owners. You know, that Because crazy... nobody fucking bought pets before. <laughs> so, this thing is complaining that basically 
Purina, Kipples, and Fitz Pedigree are doing poorly, but what this... I mean, it's framing it as a negative, because it's... I guess it's Business Insider, and it's taking the company's side. Mm -hmm. What it's really showing is that consumers are being more discerning. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I never got that. I mean, you want to feed your pet the nicest thing you can, surely. And I... If you're spending $30 on pet food, you want to yeah. make sure that most of it is coming from protein and isn't just cornmeal filler right. or stuff, exactly. which means that most of the weight you're buying is absolutely nutritionally useless. Right. Right. And mind you, Pedigree and Purina especially, in their marketing campaigns, do advertise that their food is supposed to be the best for your pets. Yeah. So if it's not actually the best for your pets, they need to make the food the best for your pets. <laughs> yeah, I talked like... before that there's a whole strict regulatory thing on the language used on pet food bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I that, was... Go on, sorry. That flavored with, contains, and made with each have mm-hmm. different legal definitions that are well, strictly enforced. Oh, oh. Well, that's the same thing with the food we eat. Like, yeah. don't ever buy chocolate, quote-unquote, that's said to be chocolatey, because it means it doesn't have cocoa butter in it, in it right. which God. means it's not real chocolate. Well, it's like, <laughs> you know, cheese product. Cheese cheese flavored, or cheese product. Or yeah. fruit, fruit punch, or whatever. You know, like, it's... I'm sorry, I can hear you doing the air quotes for cheese. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, Jeez going back to Kraft Singles again, yeah. like oh, they made a really big deal when they oh. said when they started to use real milk. No, yeah. Well. Oh god, remember when McDonald's kind of freaked <laughs> everyone out by advertising that their chicken McNuggets were now with real chicken? Yeah. <laughs> or specifically now with real white meat, uh-huh. white chicken yeah. meat, and yeah. that and really the... disturbed people wondering what the hell they were eating before. Because the yes, they one. meant yes, because I know that what they meant was we're using white meat instead of dark meat, but that didn't make people feel any better because no. the what was in the nuggets <laughs> sure as hell looked like white meat, so what the hell were we eating before? And then Jamie Oliver does that episode <laughs> where he takes chicken bones and makes chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I feel that these articles don't kind of note that millennials... I'm guessing, tend to be more savvy and discriminating with how they spend money. So they may put into consideration. Like, if they know that Purina is Nestle, Mm -hmm. Nestle's getting a lot of bad press, entirely rightfully earned. So Mm -hmm. they may be unlikely to buy Nestle products. Exactly. This is one... This is kind of one of my favorite topics that we do, because we take something that seemingly has no nutritional value, and then do an <laughs> autopsy mm-hmm. on it, finding something, trying to find something actually informative or interesting, hidden in just all the British suet. <laughs> <laughs> in general, my education's undergrad of undergrad is in biological and animal studies, a guide for shopping for food there. You want to have a high protein content, mm-hmm. low filler content, ideally make sure that the first ingredient is an actual meat and not a byproduct. Hmm. Ideally, you don't want the second one to be some sort of meal or filler, but that's hard to actually avoid. Hmm. And I think those are pretty much the big two rules. There, There's more information to look on if you're concerned about it. That's kind of the 
quick and dirty one there. It's different for cats because they have different protein requirements. Right. Yeah. Don't try to make your cats vegan. No, cats cannot be vegan. Yeah. I think dogs can be vegetarian? Question mark? Maybe, kinda. Kind of. It's It's hard. hard. And it probably depends on the breed, too, because there are definitely certain dog breeds that need that protein. Mm. Um, Yeah. Like, I think it's guinea pigs. Like, if you want a vegan pet, get a guinea pig yeah. or a bird. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, guinea pigs and rats and that. They will just gladly eat seed. They'll be right. happy. Yeah. Yeah, yep. they'll be fine. Like, don't get a dog. Don't get a cat. If you if you have yeah. to insist your pet be. No, cats literally cannot be vegan. Yeah, yeah no. no there, there was an article a few years ago about how a couple basically had a malnourished cat because they they wanted to make it vegan like them the big the big topic of the week which is detective uh-huh. pikachu detective which, pikachu like, dropped yesterday yes. which i, I, mean, I haven't actually no hold on I... hold on i had an actual article for this yeah oh. detective pikachu is not a cop Yes. Yes. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one I have open. Um, right. I actually haven't watched the trailer. I've just no. been watching Twitter react to the trailer. Yeah, that's more, more you need than to enough. watch. You need to watch the Twitter. The you need to watch the trailer. Okay, I'll I'll watch the trailer later. Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah. comes from comic book slash WWG by Christian Hoffer, and it's titled "No Detective Pikachu is not a cop." <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, they've dropped the trailer for a movie that's Based as a project a has been rumored, but was very much presumed to be something that would never see the light of day, <laughs> which is Detective Pikachu. But on... most, mostly because there is a video game called Detective Pikachu, so a lot of people just thought, oh, it's just going to be a video game. <laughs> Or, okay, they did a spec script for a movie based on the video game. This happens all the time, and none of these actually make it to series or movie or a greenlit. Uh Now we have a full trailer for this actually coming out in 2019. A whole bunch of my friends have sent this to me (laughs) to get my reaction. I love it. Every single frame of that trailer. <laughs> oh, oh God! Yeah, no. Uh, I have a friend uh, who is ups- who who is in New Jersey because he was invited to a Pokemon tournament and then just ended up staying here. <laughs> um, so I asked him what he thought of it, and he was like, "I am here for it." <laughs> so I feel like there's there's one of two reactions, and they're both really visceral. It's either they love it or they can't stand it, and a lot I of think- it. I think a lot of it is the shock because the designs for the Pokemon are fairly are keeping a lot of like being very on model but uh-huh. but adding realistic details. Yeah. For fur yeah. and texture and that it's weirded people out a bit. But here's the thing, it looks really good. Yep. It's really inventive. Okay. A person who actually uh got kind of some internet fame because they did scientific illustrations drawing Pokemon in the style of scientific illustrations was hired to do designs for these movies. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it looks good there. Mm-hmm. And I think more people will come around to it. Also, it is unashamedly just a movie set in the Pokemon world there. Okay. And it's a Detective Noir movie. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's a noir. <laughs> it is. <Yeah. laughs> it is a noir movie. 
Yeah. And no. the trail the trailer has a scene of interrogating a Mr. Mime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is admittedly one of the weirder looking Pokemon, but and Whatever. has transferred into looking even weirder in real life, but uh-huh. fitting so well with everything about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and and a lot of people, like this article says, has, are freaking out because Jigglypuff has fur, and it's just kind of like, what uh-oh. did you think it was? Okay, but yeah, the alternative <laughs> to Jigglypuff's curl being hair is that it just has a fleshy tendril curl. Yeah! <laughs> like, which frankly think... would be even more disturbing. Well, it could be but, like, like even Bart if you thought Simpson, that most... where he just has yeah. the hair and the fur and the and the skin just kind of blend together, and you can't see. Yeah, whether... or or even if you thought it just the curl was hair. And but everything else was skin, that would look so gross! <laughs> like, so gross! And well, it's clear they have not shied away from making some of the Pokemon look gross. Like it said, Mr. Mime looks bizarre and vaguely unsettling, yeah. which really fits the design well. Yeah. Psyduck looks... <laughs> Psyduck looks both... Wonderful, vaguely freakly, freaky, and vaguely pathetic, like it should. I haven't seen the trailer, but I did want to ask. Does Pikachu talk, or does he just say, Pikachu, Pikachu? Okay, here's the core premise of it. So, <laughs> let me explain the story thing. It deals with a failed Pokemon trainer. Okay. Somebody who had wanted to train Pokemon professionally. Okay. But could not. Their father was a cop who went missing. They find in their house one day a Pikachu wearing a deerstalker hat, and to their shock, find out that they can understand what this Pikachu says. Okay. And the Pikachu is also surprised that it has found someone who can understand them. Okay. And they are the only person who can understand them. Everybody else hears the normal Pikachu noises. Okay. (laughs) This is actually the same as the video game. Yes. Where only you, the main character, can understand Detective Pikachu. Everybody else just hears. So, in addition to that, that it is a talking animal story just set in the Pokemon world. Yep. The Pikachu also claims to be a world-class private detective. (laughs) Correct. Which is the point of this particular article, because apparently a bunch of people on Twitter, I have not actually seen any of these tweets or any tweets related to this. I've mostly been seeing tweets about how weird or wonderful the trailer looks. Um, but that, like, ACAB, A-C-A-B, which is, um, hold on. All cops are bastards. Yeah. So apparently, because Pikachu is a quote-unquote detective, that means ACAB, so he's a horrible So Pikachu's a fucking cop! (laughs) Pikachu's a narc! Except he isn't, because he's not a cop, he's more of a private investigator. Yes, this article is actually all about assuring people... That while Detective Pikachu seems to be on good terms with the Rhyme City Police Department, he is indeed an independent investigator and not actually a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was one good twi- Twitter tweet that I saw. Uh, there was one good tweet that I saw, which was, uh, why did they name it Detective Pikachu when they could have named it P.I.Kachu? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well done. Well done. 
Yeah, I don't remember who tweeted that, but I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I have fun. to share this last paragraph because it's wonderful. Private okay. detectives in, in fiction are often seen as a check on police departments, helping to root out corruption and taking on the cases the police won't investigate. If not for the fact that Detective Pikachu is a PG movie, we're sure that Detective Pikachu would at least empathize with those who say all cops are bastards as he's a champion of the people. <laughs> there is nothing I don't love about this movie. I am so hyped for it. Here's the thing. I, need to I was, the when they were coming out and on the hype, I was on the wrong side of the Lego movie, because of course a movie about Legos cannot be any good and will just be a cash-in. I was wrong about Venom, because it looked awful and is so weird, and how are you doing a Venom movie without <laughs> Spider-Man? <laughs> Fuck that, I am off-team cynicism now, I am putting all my chips down on Detective Pikachu. <laughs> and, and personally, I feel like you can't trust trailers, like, I've had that sentiment for a long time, but, like, you really can't trust trailers, because they're so deceptive. Well, but, but he loves the trailer, so in this case... He wants the trailer to be accurate. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So often you cannot trust trailers. Uh -huh. You really can't trust trailers. In terms of, like, t showing you what the story is actually going to be about, don't trust the trailer. Because then we get shit like Venom's turd in the wind. <laughs> Which, as I was telling to people this weekend, it's like, it's literally the last thing he says in the movie, and it makes perfect context within the movie itself. Yeah, if anything, the trailer ruined that scene for the movie. Uh, yeah. Like, by it basically makes so spoiling much the sense. punchline. And I, and I didn't want to spoil the movie for people who hadn't seen it and it, with with the whole loser lines that are in it, because it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And they're never going to make con comics of that Venom, because why would they? <laughs> I, I uh, mean, you say that, but... We're what? going to be able to say Ken Watanabe in the movie Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he playing Pikachu's owner, or is he playing Pikachu? No, 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 he's, uh, I believe that he's playing the main character played by Justice Smiths. Okay. Who was a friend of that character's father. Okay. Ah, okay. And is, he's, he's, I think that he's playing the Commissioner Gordon to Detective Pikachu's Batman. <laughs> Great, I love that. Pikachu uh, uh. going, good soldier, good soldier. Oh, yeah. uh, and and podcast friend Vampiriona says, I don't hate it. I'm just so confused. He's talking about Detective Pikachu, and and, and I think it's in part because he's not a Pokemon person, so he just doesn't get anything. I, I actually think that movie-wise, this is a good move because. Mm. There have been stateside dubs and adaptations of the animated movies for Pokemon, yeah. which are based yeah. on the anime there. They've done, you know, so-so. There's always been Pokemon fans. They're very popular with children. So Pokemon itself, its core concept, is kind of ingrained in the culture now. People get it. So this kind of is a good idea if you wanted to do just an American Pokemon movie. Pretty much, Yeah. And, uh, and Yoda, we actually talked about how a lot of people only thought that it was just going to be the game because the game dropped. And then we kind of didn't hear about the movie. And except for, like, jokes about how Deadpool is Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, previously um, the big thing about Detective Pikachu on the internet is that there was a petition for Nintendo 
to mm. approach Danny DeVito to be the voice of Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to which Danny DeVito replied, what's a Pikachu? <laughs> God bless him for not knowing what a Pikachu is. Doesn't he have grandchildren? I, I was going to say, I'm slightly surprised he isn't aware of, yeah. of, of what it is. Although there was a great Tumblr post about, uh, of featuring Britney Spears and how she has a t-shirt that says Pokemon on it. And a lot of people were like, good for her. She's being a good parent to her kids, even though she probably doesn't know what Pokemon is. And then somebody mentioned, y'all know that she literally ha had a song on the first movie soundtrack, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just, I just, I'm, I, I love that people love Pokemon that much. I, of all the things from like the '90s, which I guess I don't know if Pokemon's actually from the '90s or only in America. Yes, it's not. No, it is. It is. It's a '90s yeah. thing. Very much a '90s thing. And even in Japan, it was in the '90s. Are you yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. It was only a year after it released in Japan that it released over here. Okay. It was just right. a year difference. Well, I'd like I like that people uh, like it and that it's become such. I just I would not have picked that. I mean, technically, yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is still around, but I don't think it's anywhere on the level of peak Pokemon with like of kids loving it still <laughs> as passionately no. as as uh, other things. So I mean, um, I. I think Power Rangers has a chance to come back because the movie wasn't as horrible as a lot of people were expecting it to be. I mean, um, they're still making actual seasons of Power yeah, Rangers, too. there's also oh, really? that. But I don't think it quite yeah. has, has the amount of fervor. There mm -hmm. we go. That's the picture um, of Britney Spears and her, her son is Lord Frieza. Um, but okay. yeah, so I don't think there's quite as much fervor in comparison to how it was in the 90s. Hmm. So, but it's worth a chance. So... I just love finding excuses to where we have to explain obscure nerd shit to Adam, <laughs> or popular nerd shit to Adam. To what are these video games that you speak of? A game which one interacts with on a computational on a, on screen? On a screen? Yeah. <laughs> Some kind? Unheard of. Why, this uh, shall make a thousand dollars easily. Anyway. Uh, um, you don't even play D&D, &D, Adam. Come I know. On. I'm bad. I'm a bad nerd. <laughs> I'm late to the nerd lifestyle. Indeed. Well, I think uh, we're at the point where we need to sign off for the evening. And uh, so, once again, we'll say goodnight uh, until next week. Also, shout out to uh, Mr. Stan Lee, who passed on uh, earlier yeah. uh, this yes. week. Uh, don't. We're not, we're not going to do any clickbait about him. He doesn't. He deserves Indeed. better than that. Uh, but uh, although to be great. fair, as I said, um, a minor thing of clickbait is somebody on Twitter. Frankly, it doesn't matter. But was kind of bitching that people were doing in their honors of Stanley, putting up pictures that they had taken of themselves with Stanley, which one is an right. entirely normal thing to do when somebody passes, either someone yeah. that knew professionally or knew only as a celebrity. Two, and this is me being a bit mean and snarky, but also in a way that I think Stan Lee would actually approve of. Right. If there was any way to honor the memory of Stan Lee, it's by mm. self-promotion. <laughs> yes, right. this is very true. And... <laughs> That's... He was the great. He was the great car carnival barker. Oh, yes. yeah, definitely. No, no, yes. I, I don't say that maliciously. No. He was very good at self-promotion and but end of promoting the medium and building mm. a personality the onion actually had a good article oh I liked yeah that stan lee stan lee creator of such beloved marvel characters such as stan lee dies <laughs> yeah 
Now, there there are, like, more nuanced or complex you can say about Stanley, and especially how oh, yes. he was accredited uh, more official writing credit than he actually yeah. did. Yes. Both by playing himself up and people ignorantly presuming that he did more because he was a big personality. And I'm very afraid but his also he will continue to do that. Yeah. yeah. But also, he did a lot for the mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. He did create a lot of characters yes, he there. Did. And he did yeah. also do a lot to promote, I don't want to say fandom, because now that has a bad word, right. but of sort of promoting a fun at a fun and inclusive sort of atmosphere with it, with the letters to the editor columns that he had right. written. Right. Well, his, I was just going to say his two most famous soapboxes, which is about politics and comics and about how racism and bigotry yeah. is horrible. Those have been circulating all yeah. over Twitter for the past 24 hours. Yeah. So uh-huh. there's also that. Yeah. Yes. And I would say the thing about uh, Stan Lee that was really uh, his, that I think that the thing that lets you frame mm-hmm. it better uh, is that his skill was that he yeah. was an editor. That was yes. what he was. He was more, more than a writer, really, because he definitely uh, had collaborators with writing and, and all that stuff. But as an editor, that was where his real skills, and a promoter, of course. Yes. But as an editor, that was where his real skill set was, because he was and, developing all this talent, and yeah. he was putting their, them mm-hmm. to good use. And, and that was the uh, letter column there, he definitely, while of course he earned a lot of credit himself, but unearned it not, that did also promote the idea and awareness of the people making comics as genuine right, talent. exactly. Right. And of promoting an interaction between that and the right. audience. exactly. Right. That was something, yeah, yeah, he did. And, and just mere, the mere fact that he was giving them as much credit as he yes. did, which wasn't always common no. at that point uh, for people to really be known uh, in the comic book world as opposed to the comic strip yeah. world, uh, people to know the, who the writers and artists were who were doing it. And, I mean, he did it to promote himself, but he also did it to promote everyone right. around him as well. So yeah. that, uh, And when, that I was... say, when I say that he was a, a showman, that's not exactly an insult. That is itself an entirely no. bunch of skills, and while it is often... And, while stuff like advertising, like sales, it's often seen as negatively, it can be a very impressive right. art form almost in of itself. And Stanley definitely was a master of that. That crap. is very true. Right. Yep. He was. Well, so pour one out for Stanley tonight, as we say, and uh, please recognize us and check out our Patreons, which we all have. Uh, we will provide the links below, as always. Um, uh, a reminder that we do str- uh, record these on Tuesdays between 6 and 8 o'clock or thereabouts, so you can follow on along with the Twitch stream. We'll provide that link as well. And we're all Eastern on... Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Six. Standard Time. Thank you, Abby. Yes, that's correct. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Got to make sure that people know. People in California tuning in going, Hey, they told me there was a show. When's, when's the show? Um, exactly. You know, as the way people in California talk. Uh, anyway, um, but it's... Uh, uh, we're all on Twitter. Prankster36 is me. Avi Viave is Avi. And Ing Dammit is Ing. Uh, so we will uh, keep you apprised of whatever's happening with the show, as always. Uh, so, anyway, but we'll sign off now. And uh, good luck. Enjoy, um, you know, have a nice uh, night avoiding the clickbait that lurches at you from out of the darkness. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.